You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody, as we roll maybe closer and closer to training camp. We'll save that for other talks during the week. I got a great one lined up here today on today's episode, which is brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto, an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Uh, Joining me today... I've probably known this guy since we've all kind of gotten into this football content, probably as long as I've known anyway. Uh, We're talking about six plus years now. Um, And Steve Morton, my guest here today, um, really, really, uh, you know, deep into the Tennessee Titans and what they do. And what's going to make this for a good episode and a lot of great input from Steve is what is the Tennessee Titans offense and where it hit in 2019 as a precursor to maybe what could be maybe the bread and butter of this 2020 Cleveland Browns offense. Steve, first off, it's been way too long. So uh, obviously great to sit down with you here again. Um, hope all is well, you know, you and your beautiful wife. I, got, I hope you guys are holding up here, you know, through everything that's going on. But let's get into it. I mean, this wide zone, which is one of the few things the Browns did last year well with Nick Chubb. But now it's it's going to become a bigger focal point of what they do. Obviously we'll get to a little bit later. They brought somebody in from Tennessee to help, you know, who has, you know, comfortable, you know, instincts within this offense, but let's get to it. Cause I mean, if it was good enough for the league's leading rusher last year, it obviously shows that this offense can be done. Um, 30.4 points last year with Ryan Tannehill at the quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, obviously an amazing playoff run. Steve school is here. Let, let, let it, let's know a little bit like what we're getting into here. Um, we're excited about it, um, but you know we've been excited before in Cleveland. But uh, tell us a little bit more what you think we got coming in store here for Cleveland this year. So, like I said, uh, we were talking about this earlier. So, this has kind of been the Titans' offense for a couple of years now, and I've just been obsessed with this offense because it's it is honestly, I mean, it's just a neat offense to watch. Uh, it's probably, like I said, one of the most explosive run-based offenses that anyone's ever come up with. And so, we're going to start with the outside zone, which is the the base play really of the offense. Titans run this play, God, multiple times a game, a game in, out of different formations. Uh, we're going to see it out of two tight end, three tight end. Um, we're going to see it weak side, strong side. I mean, they just the Titans love this play. They run it all the time. Their pass offense is really married to it. Uh, so the run game is really mar- married to the pass game. Uh, it basically makes it really puts a lot of stress on the defense. One of the things when you talk about this play, and we'll see when we get to it, is uh, the defense really isn't used to the landing points of the outside zone. So they have to, the defense has to widen, but while it's widening, it still needs to maintain the same space that they had before they started the widening. And it's really stressful on the defense because they have to do that perfectly. And it's not something they're really used to doing. So we'll, and uh, basically it starts off and you can give the SI article with Alex Gibbs. Alex Gibbs really wanted to come up with a way that they could run the football without just banging into the middle all the time, where the defense really has a natural advantage. So this is really a run-based offense where the offense has a natural advantage and not the defense. So pulling up the first gift, gift, I said gift, but gift. So <laughs> looking at looking at it from uh, the thing, the first one of the things we really want to look at is. Okay, so you see that in loss there has got a strong outside to Lawan, and Lawan doesn't have any help. So look what Lawan does. Lawan's just going to take him outside. Henry's going to go in there. It's a classic bang read. And by the bang read is essentially on the three step, on the third step, Henry needs to make a decision of what he's going to do. So 
he's going to decide he's going to put his foot in the ground and get north and south. And you see that three steps, bam, foot in the ground, north and south. So, and the reason that, you know, basically he's not going to give the defense time to recover from getting that hole, that hole opened up. Now, the, the one good thing about this play is, so when we, as we go back through it and you watch what's happening on the backside. So tight ends are in, they're, based, they're here, they're in two tight end fullbacks. And on the backside, you're going to see Michael Pruitt just completely destroy the inbound, inside linebacker. So, and Henry sees that that inside linebacker just got destroyed. He also sees, as we get to the other picture that's a little closer, that the, five, the outside linebacker is going to lose outside contain. And you can see when he picks that up. So as he comes in, bang, read, bam, guy's foot in the ground. Oh, right there. He picked it up. He saw it. So you see there, he saw that outside linebacker lost outside contain. So then he did a huge jump cut and just exploded up the field for a touchdown. That's what's something that a special back with special ability can see into the second level and, and has that explosiveness really to take advantage of it. This offense uh, opened it up in the second level because you're going to see Jack Conklin and Michael Pruitt are going to work on the backside. So you see Conklin there, he's going to rush, he's going to pull down the defensive end. So that defensive end is completely out of the play. Jack Conklin has knocked him all the way to the other side of the field. You, Michael Pruitt blew out the linebacker. The other two linebackers overran the play, lost contain. Big play opened up. Henry saw it and then just turned on the Jets and converted that into a touchdown. This is probably a five or six yard run for pretty much an average running back. But you get a guy like Nick Chubb, like Derrick Henry, this is a play they can take to the house, uh, turn, around, turn the game around. And so that's really the, the thing about the outside zone. And what happened there is that widening of the defense, those two linebackers that weren't even blocked, you saw they weren't even blocked in the play. They essentially ran themselves out of the play. So by, because they had that, un, that unnatural widening of the defense. And so that's what really, really really i mean that's what's really neat about this place if you can get a special running back sure you can get a good running back and get you four or five out of a place like this but if you get a special guy like henry or chubb you're going to get multiple opportunities in a game that they could take a good play and make a big play and take it to the house and so it's an explosive run game uh you know what we're talking about for a, for a guy like that so and that's why the thing those that guys, is impressive the thing that's impressive about this is once you get those linebackers basically over pursuing, they are going to get into the position now where it's essentially arm tackles. And obviously there's no bigger running back in the league than Derrick Henry. Nick Chubb, his numbers speak for himself of, you know, breaking first contact or the amount of tackles he's able to break. So once you get these guys essentially, you know, where 85% of their body is committed to not being where they need to be, even if they're jumping in with arm tackles, you know, pray for your elbows. Cause I mean, Nick Chubb at two thirty. Um, and Derrick Henry, I mean, who knows what the weight is? Obviously, it certainly doesn't matter. But, you know, the way linebackers are built in 2020, you know, where it's you know, more about speed, these guys are done for. You're not arm tackling a Derrick Henry. You're certainly not arm tackling a Nick Chubb. Exactly. So, and then the, the only, one other thing I got about to talk about this play, and, and then we want to see about it. So when we pick that, uh, watch uh, Ben Jones, the center. So, so, and, and then when we get to the where it's good, what's up, watch Ben Jones's position relative to Derrick Henry. They're going to stay in phase until Henry makes that decision of where he's going. And this is really important. So the, the center and outside zone, always working play side, always working play side. And see, he's right in line with Derrick Henry right there. And then Henry's going to, that's when he's going to make that decision based on 
the, where the blocking is going. That's really important. Alex Gibbs talk says that if your running back is in front of your center, you don't have an outside zone run. And if your center, uh, well, he said if your running back's behind your center, you don't have an outside zone run. And if your center's behind your running back, you got to go get another center. So, uh, so that's how important it is that the center he's going to work no matter what, no matter what kind of play, uh, what kind of formation the defense is in front of him, whether it's a straight up nose, shade nose, four three, he's working play side and he's got to stay with the running back. So, and he's basically going to be the person that's going to lead the running back to the hole. So you see that there, 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 and face, bam, and now it's all, now it's off to the races. So, and that's the thing to look at with Treader is, Treader's a really good center. So that's that's the thing is, it's for, that, for this offense, you almost have to have a guy who's a really, really good center. So that's the kind of really, thing I wanted to bring out. So we're going to get to that. And guys, um, we, we, you know, uh, if you see the show posted on social media, I'm going to post, you know, some of these uh, gifts that, uh, you know, Steve here is talking about so you can kind of get the understanding of it. But yeah, I mean, the blessing and, and what this could be it's there and it seems you have the personnel. We're going to get to some of the personnel and the key to that here in a second with Steve Morton as we continue to roll on through here on your Monday Locked On Browns. We're going to talk a little bit of Rock Auto. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Now, Steve, obviously you waxed a little superlative about Nick Chubb and how this could be a lovely matchup for him. And, you know, kind of interesting as, you know, through week 16 last year, he was your NFL rushing leader. Um, and Derrick Henry just decided, all right, uh, I'll do everything I can. Similar to, uh, I believe it was David Robinson years ago, getting 32 rebounds in an NBA season finale to take a rebounding title. Um, the tight ends, um, you know, with this system, look, you know, uh, they made the commitment to David Njoku, whether he and his agency likes it or not. They picked up a 50-year option after a completely lost season. You drafted a Harrison Bryant. They spent, they went after the number one tight end available in free agency in Austin Hooper. Uh, Farrell Brown is still here. Steven Carlson um, did some things as a rookie. It, it's it's going to be interesting how it works out here. But, you know, Nick Chubb, they have what appears to be enough teeth at the tight end position to maybe make this all work. So go ahead, Steve. Let me get some thoughts on this. So, yeah, I think that that's exactly what we're going to do. The next play we're going to see is uh, actually a pass to the tight end. So it's a good timing. So this is going to be a pass to Michael Pruitt. But you're going to see a hard outside zone fake. So here you go, the two tight ends. you got Johnny Smith and uh, uh, Pruitt right there on the end together. Hard outside zone fake. There's a Pruitt wide open. So let's see why he was so wide open. I think that's the, uh, the the neat thing about the when I say the run game and the pass game are married together. So here you're going to see Henry, two tight end. Uh, John is going to come right here in motion. Uh, he's going to park right next to uh, Michael Pruitt. Hard outside zone fake. And look at LJ Fort, number 58. Look at what he does with that fake. Look what he does with that fake. So LJ Fort sitting there, okay, here I am, here I am. I'm reading, I'm reading my keys. Uh, here we go, here we go. They're running outside zone. They're running outside zone. 
They're running outside zone. Let me go get that. Oh, no, no, they're not running outside zone. That's my guy that's running across my face. So essentially now they ran, uh, this is basically a base West Zone, uh, West Coast offense play. Uh, the West has probably been running since Ken Anderson was throwing it to Bob Trumpy into the 70s when <laughs> Bill Walsh was the, was, the def- was the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati. But it's kind of the, uh, got a wrinkle in that uh, it basically has that hard outside zone fake uh, which means that linebacker's really going to, he's going to commit to trying to cut out. Because the one thing with the outside zone is, and, and you'll probably be preaching this all the way from your defensive coordinator, you can't let Derrick Henry get that edge. Derrick Henry averaged over 10 yards of carry last year when he got around, when he got outside of the tackle box. So you've got to, they're, they're preaching, you've got to keep him in the tackle box. So he takes that hard fake. And then Michael Pruitt, who is uh, not exactly the most athletic tight end in the league, great blocker. He's going to just cross the linebacker's face easily. Look at all that space. You're going to see Tanny Hill's just going to do a boot, and the guy, the, the defensive end comes up. Uh, you're going to see him, uh, the, you're going to see the defensive come up to try to take Tanny Hill because he's a big threat of the run. Ryan Tanny Hill's a really good athlete, so he's going to try to cut that off. Just easy throw there for Tanny Hill for 15 yards and the first down. So, and again, like I said, that play is. The, if you ever heard John Gruden talk about Spider 2 Y Banana, that's a uh, essentially a takeoff of Spider 2 Y Banana at the outside zone bank. So, like I said, this. And that's what it is, though. Yep, and that's what it is, though. Because once you're getting beat up, you know, from these phys- bigger physical running backs who are fantastic athletes, you've got to sell out even harder to stop it. And then that's when you're you're essentially running these rope and dopes. Look, if they're these 195 running backs, 195 pound running backs, look, they're going to get to the edge. It's just a simple fact. That's why they you know they run four threes. But when you have this threat of if I'm not in the position as a linebacker to stop this play, hopefully for only a two to three yard gain, and that's not if he just runs me over and picks up another two in addition. So you've got to be so hard to sell out to stop this. It just makes for some easy easy you know simple throws and look Ryan Tannehill when he went to Tennessee you know a lot of people were wondering where he was going to be at the you know the juxtaposed for the rest of his NL you know NFL career but you get him in a position where he can see this and see the simplicity of it if it works through the running back like it does in Tennessee and now you put in a quarterback who was drafted number one overall obviously you know Baker had a very very difficult 2019 season but you're put in a position now where it's, you know, this should be a lot more. It's going to be there, kid. Just trust me. Don't overthink it. It's going to be there. Yeah. And see, the, and the thing with even back to the college level with Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield likes to be on the edge throwing the ball. So, I mean, it really plays, it plays into what he likes to do. And so, and you saw that some this year that may, where, where maybe he left before the design of the offense would probably like him to. Well, this offense is going to give him a lot of opportunity to do that naturally. So the next play that we have is a shot play. It's the Hamilton play. It's take my shot. And it's really the play that I, I think emotionally, uh, I think, you know, emotionally, it, it really it really shook the Ravens. I mean, they were coming off. They didn't make the fourth down. And immediately the Titans went into a shot. But they actually married the run to the pass in this one, too. So – going into the this is the shot play against the Ravens and it, it really like I said really established the thing so 
Uh, first off is this is just a nasty route. Jeff, this, you're an old wide receiver. This is the this is the route you dreamed about running when you were in your backyard just running them against air. <laughs> oh man, he you see what he did to Bobby Humphrey there? I mean, just really just I mean, just turned him completely around. And I mean, you know, after that, all ran Tannehill do. But let's look at why Bobby Humphrey gets on that fake. So again, hard out. This is three tight ends, hard outside zone fake there. Do you see what that safety did? That safety that was supposed to, Humphrey's expecting that guy's his inside help. So that's one of the reasons he bit hard on that outside fake. He's expecting inside help here. But his inside help left his wingman. His inside help went to go get that outside zone, to go and fill that outside zone. So here you see, you're going to see the safety. He's going to leave his wingman. He's going to leave him all alone. He's going to leave him out there all alone with the guy that runs a 4-3. So, Oh no! He, oh oh what what oh they they're not they're they're not running uh oh <laughs> and so that really it opened up that big play uh, that you basically uh, big touchdown. You see three tight ends max almost max protect the tight they're going to use that outside zone. Look at how many Ravens are guarding air out here. You see the the tight end coming across. He's wide open. Henry's wide open on the on the screen if they want to throw that. I mean essentially. All the Ravens' defense essentially guarding air, and you've got seven guys in there blocking. I mean, this is this is just like stealing candy from a baby at that point. So, and that's one of the the, the really really neat things the offense will open up for you. And this will be opening up things for guys like Odell Beckham. It'll open up, uh, you know, obviously. So you can imagine Odell Beckham running this route. So. <laughs> And so, uh, and, and you you can see, I mean, just I mean, just opens up a lot of opportunities in the run in the pass game. And again, three tight ends here: 86, 85, 81. They're all tight ends, and two of them are going to stay in the block. So, <laughs> and and essentially, this guy's that wide open. And you know, you wouldn't expect with the three tight end, you're going to keep uh, two of them in the block. You only got three pies out in the out in the flat. You're going to get a guy that wide open deep, but Essentially, like I said, you got a combination. Raymond ran a great route, and you got a lot of Ravens guarding air here. So, let you talk about your take on that play. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's what it look. You love the shot play, and, and that's the thing. Obviously, you know the Browns with a little bit more experience. Um, you know, obviously, Titans wide receivers now are they're going to grow. Uh, I, you know, I think they found what works with their system. And the thing which is going to get my Browns listeners excited is. If you go through who played the Baltimore Ravens the toughest last year, the Browns in week four went down to Baltimore, handed them their lunch. When they were a dismantled unit in week 16, they played with them snap for snap for two quarters. Mm-hmm. Granted, second half, it got away from them, and you know the Ravens ended up winning the game. Um, the only other team to essentially really give the Ravens a really, really difficult time was the Tennessee Titans. So now when you go with more of – this type of play calling where we've already seen the Ravens struggle with it and the Ravens have already struggled with what the Browns have as far as skill on the offensive side of the ball, it gets excited. And, you know, I try to tell everybody, yeah, it sucks to have Baltimore week one, but when it looks like we're not going to have a preseason, guess what? That means the entire focus of camp, anything that's gone on is week one versus, versus Baltimore, where they're going to implement things that Baltimore struggles with, with, talent at the skill positions that Baltimore has also shown that they struggle struggle with. So it's going to be interesting from that point. We're going to get to one more segment here with Steve, and it, it's a pleasure because 
guys, you always say it all the time about how excited I get about the game. That's one of the reasons I love talking with Steve because he may get more excited about the game than I actually do, which is rare. Uh, now is a great time to go ahead and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Browns. Five-star ratings, written reviews, always help the show, guys. Um, we've started to see some assemblance here. You know, we've got some first taste of Major League Baseball. We've got our, we'll get our first taste, hopefully, of the NBA and the NHL coming up here. It's not wrong to want sports back, guys. It's not wrong at all. I think we kind of need it because for a lot of us, it's always been a part of our daily lives. Now, Steve, you had mentioned J.C. Treader, and obviously J.C. Treader right now is in the news, doing a fantastic job as far as you know, being president of the NFL Players Association, well-educated guy, really smart, but let's not do that here today. But J.C. Treader as a part of this offensive line, obviously you mentioned the center and what you need. And J.C. Treader, it was weird because his time in Green Bay, he was a great player. Green Bay essentially had to move on due to an injury history for J.C. Treader. His first five, six weeks here as a Cleveland Brown in 2018, he ended up suffering a really, really bad high, high ankle sprain. I had folks you know, leaving the building that day against the Chiefs saying, I don't know if we'll see J.C. Treader again this season with how injured he was. J.C. knew what the label on him was. And you know what? He got out there Friday, didn't do nothing, knew the game plan, and just pounded it out for the rest of the season, sent the tone for those guys in 2018. You know, for Cleveland, a lot of times, hey, no playoff hopes. Hey, I'm a little injured. Hamstring injury, week 10. Okay, I'll top out. Throw me on IR. Pay me. J.C. Treader was one of the guys who set, set the change for this organization. And John Dorsey, to his credit, and I very rarely do this, got J.C. Treader locked up again with Cleveland before he left because everybody understood, understood the man he was, the player he was, the teammate he was. Now, let's talk a little bit about you know J.C. Treader in this offense, and then we're going to get into a little bit about a certain right tackle where Tennessee just had to make other commitments and found his way back up, you know, to the Midwest here with the Cleveland Browns, but JC Treader, Steve, let's go. So JC Treader and, and what you need in the center is your center is actually going to be asked. And we talked about that when we did the athletic zone ring, your center is actually in this offense going to be asked to actually be able to be a guy that can move. So he's going to, he's going to be actually, he's going to, he's going to be asked to take on those, a lot of single blocks. Uh, guys right over him, and he's always got to be working play side. And he's got to be working play side at the same speed that the running back is working play side. And this isn't, ex- this isn't an offense that you've got a guy like Lev Bell who, you know, people praise his, his, uh, his uh, patience. This is a, uh, the offense that, like I said, the running back's got three steps, and he's got to make a decision. So, and the center has got to be able to be moving like that, and he can't let himself get held up. So, and or what you're going to end up is a lot of guys running backs going to be met in the hole a lot of times with guys you'd rather him not be met in the hole with. So, uh, so really, really fortunate to have a, a guy like Treader. You didn't have a guy like Treader, and you were trying to run this offense. You would have probably had to have drafted a guy in the first or second round, or to try and find a center that basically can can do the things that you need to be able to do in this offense as a center. So. It's not an offense you can get away by having, uh, by having you know lesser talent at center. So that's that's kind of the what I would say about it. And Treader's a great talent. He's always been a really good talent. He, Green Bay had a couple things. He got hurt. Um, Lindsey's a really good player. So you know basically they moved him around a lot. Uh, he ended up I think playing some guard and some even some left tackle there uh, when they had some injuries. So and he's that good of an athlete that. 
I mean, I don't know that he would be a great left tackle, but he could survive there. So, um, you know, he, you're very fortunate to have a guy like Treader. I mean, he's one of my favorite centers in the one of my favorite players in the NFL in terms of watch. He's a very good player. I mean, just ability to move, whether block on the move, hit targets on the move. And that's what you've got to have as a center if you're going to be running outside zone a lot. Or you're going to end up with uh, tackles running across the line. And you don't want your def- you don't want your running back too many times to have to avoid a tackle in the backfield. So uh, by a tackle, I mean a defensive tackle. So, <laughs> so anyway, that's, that would be kind of my thoughts on Treader. Okay, now, um, the way it worked out, and, you know, it, it could have been – it wouldn't have been crazy for the Titans to just say, you know what, we'll go find another quarterback because we have a lot of faith in our system. You know, we'll bring back, you know, Jack Conklin. We already have Derrick Henry, and congratulations, Derrick Henry. Um, For folks on the running backs, don't matter. And as far as contracts, look, there's always special cases. Derrick is one of those guys. Nick Chubb is going to be one of those guys where the decision is going to be extremely, extremely difficult for this Cleveland Browns organization because a lot that comes into contracts extensions is, is it earned as far as doing everything that's asked and being the guy that's pointed to by an organization, by a front office, by a coaching staff, be that guy. You know, Derek Henry has been one of those guys. Nick Chubb, to his point in this time in Cleveland, has been one of those guys. The Titans made the commitment to Ryan Tannehill. They moved on from Jack Conklin, took one of my favorites in the draft. And, it, you know, when it came out that Isaiah Wilson, like the night before the draft, Isaiah, Milson, Isaiah Wilson may go round one. It was like, oh, duh, Tennessee. There you go. That's probably <laughs> where he's going to go if he goes round one. But some thoughts here, Steve, on, you know, Jack Conklin. Um, and, again, you know, Cleveland, you got to give him credit here with a young GM. He was 31 years old at the time, was able to nab not only the top tight end in free agent class, was also able to nab the top offensive tackle in the class, Jack Conklin, coming north here to Cleveland. So Conklin's a really good player. So Conklin is a, is a really good right tackle. And he's a really good right tackle in the run game. So he's even probably even better than really good right tackle in the run game. So the one thing about Conklin, and this is the thing that a lot of the offensive line guru guys don't love Jack Conklin. And the reason is, is he's not a great technician. But Jack Conklin is strong as a – Ox and he's he's a he's a better athlete than people realize. He's a guy who ran a five, I think like a five flat at the combine. He's a so he he's able to use his athletic ability and his strength to recover at times when maybe his his technique you know he maybe should not have been able to make that great block as good a block based on his technique, but he's able to based on his talent. And so and as a and as a really as a as a running back, you really don't care. You just want the guy to get the block. And the one thing, other thing about Conklin, Conklin's always looking for work. Nasty, nasty player. So he's he's always looking for work. Uh, he's going to be guy. He, the backside, he's always looking to climb. Uh, and front side, he he's looking to hold his guy, uh, make those eyes for the for the running back. So in Tennessee, it was really just a situation of they've already paid Lawan, and Lawan's a, a better player than Jack Conklin, and that Lawan is. As good as Conklin in the run game, he's better in the pass game. So, you know, they'd already paid him, and they paid Roger Saffold, and they paid Ben Jones. And we talked about you just can't get away with not having a good center. So, really, it comes in how much money can you spend in one, you know, in one position group. So, uh, in, in a salary cap error, they, they could have signed Conklin. That would have probably meant they would have had to not, sign, not do some other thing. 
that they wanted to do. So, and I think their priorities really, when I looked at the Titans' priorities in the in the off season, the, the Tanny Hill and Henry were one two, and I think probably getting an edge rusher is number three, and that market is still that market is surprisingly still open, and so, um, and I think those are really. So Conklin really falls out of that thing, and Conklin really got a great deal from Cleveland uh, for him, for his family. It's a good deal for Cleveland. The only, the only, the only, um, how would I say, uh, pause I'd have with Conklin, and in this offense, Conklin's he, he, this offense, Conklin is made for this offense, is that when Conklin gets hurt and he gets deemed, he doesn't play as well. And I don't, and that goes all the way back to college. So I mean, his senior year, people didn't. His junior year, I mean, if you go put on Conklin's junior year tape versus Nick Bosa, you would think Nick Bosa wasn't even that great a player. So, but his senior year, he didn't have a great senior year. Um, he where he was hurt the entire year and played through it. Uh, his last, his couple of years before the last year. He had had some struggles uh, with injury, uh, with pretty serious injuries, and uh, really didn't play well when he played. Last year, he was he was as good as you could ask your right tackle to be. He was a top four or five right tackle in the NFL last year. So, and that's the like I said, the only pause I have with him is he's a guy who when he gets hurt, and a lot of that may be because he depends on that athletic ability that to you know basically to make up for some maybe some some. Should we say where he's not a great technician? Now he's not a bad technician. There's no offensive lineman that's getting paid. What Conklin's getting paid is a bad technician. He's just no Mitchell Schwartz when it comes to being a technician, if that makes sense. So, well, and look, and it goes with any position, and you know, offensive line. Obviously, that gets ignored. Whether or not guys are solid and quality athletes. And, you know, if you get a little hitch in your giddy-up, so to speak, sometimes it's going to cost you. We're, I just want to ask you this before we close. Look, the Browns have bowed out. They did all they could. They wanted to accommodate Jadavian Clowney. Obviously, Bus Cook, same agent for Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. They were able to get Garrett ex- the extension done. Clowney, it just doesn't appear to be, you know, the case. As far as the Titans, Steve, you for it? You think it's going to happen? Uh, both for it and both think it's going to happen. So, and for, and for a couple of reasons. So, um, mainly the Henry deal got the Titans $4 million in cap room this year. So, and so I, and I think the Titans kind of were in the edge of that where they could give Clowney his money. And if they gave Clowney his money and paid their class and they paid their draft class, they pretty much would have been, wouldn't have had any. Uh, buffer in case something happened during the season. And John Robinson loves to be able to have that buffer. So, in case he needs to make a move in season. So, the, getting the little extra room in the Henry deal, um, that gives them that buffer. Uh, definitely very much for it. If you go back and put on Clowney's 2017 tape with Mike Rabel as his defensive coordinator, he was one of the four or five best defensive players in the NFL that year. So, and Mike Vrabel, ever since he's been in Tennessee, has looked for a guy to be able to do what Jadavian Clowney did for him when he's in Houston and hasn't been able to find it. Because, I mean, it's rare. What, essentially, he's a guy that you can line up on the edge. You can put down as a three-tech. Um, you could, you know, basically rush him over the center. You could take him and drop him off. Clowney did all of that for, 
uh, for Mike Vrabel when he was in 2017 in Houston. And, uh, you know, essentially was one of the best players in the NFL. I think it'll happen in the, for that, uh, for the reason I think Tennessee wants him. I think Mike Vrabel wants him. I think Clowney and Vrabel have a really good relationship with each other. Um, and also, if you're Clowney's agent, uh, wouldn't you want him with the guy that had him as a top four or five player if you're going to go on a one-year deal to get him paid next year? So, the way you know that you don't have to, you don't have, you don't have any, you don't have with, with Mike when Mike Vrabel if if Jadavian Clowney plays for Mike Vrabel, if you're his agent, if you're Jadavian Clowney, you don't have any. Uh, how, how would you say it? you don't have to project? You don't have to guess at what the way you're going to be used. You know what he's going to do with you. He's going to do the same thing he did in the past. And so, yeah, and I and I definitely uh, on board with getting a talent like Clowney. I mean, I don't know why anyone wouldn't be. And Cleveland, I mean, to their to their credit, I mean, Cleveland absolutely uh, made Clowney, you know, essentially a, a, the probably probably the most money offer. So, from what I understand, it was just, I mean, you comes down to the player sometimes, he just didn't want to play there. Um, and maybe it might be he didn't want to be, uh, he, he didn't want to, in his mind, have to say, am I going to be second fiddle to Miles Garrett, who is a fantastic player. Anytime, anyone, which if, is, if you guys which, are, if, if you guys happens, are ever though. tired, if you guys are ever <laughs> tired of, of, of Miles Garrett, don't want him around, uh, you know, he's hitting quarterbacks with their helmet, you know, just send him to Tennessee, uh, we'll we'll help you out here. <laughs> I mean, well, see, for me, the thing the... was, for me, the whole thing is, is if you didn't draft Austin Corbett and just drafted one Harold Landry, you wouldn't be in this situation <laughs> to begin with. But hey, John Dorsey, whatever, we all swing and miss, even if it's colossal. <laughs> John Dorsey would still be freaking employed if he had just made that simple. I would have taken Harold Landry at four instead of Denzel Ward. Not a knock on Denzel Ward. He's done a fantastic job. That's how confident I was in Harold Landry and the fact that it was going to be, hey, dude, you really want to make some money? Let everybody and their brother block Miles Garrett. You're going one-on-one with right tackles all day, which was just an absolute colossal crap fest. But we're going to put a bow on this, Steve. It is always so good to just talk ball with you. Um, over the years, we've just been close, and it, it's it's you know appreciating the game. It's understanding life and having similar similar thoughts within the world to you and your beautiful wife. Uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best. Um, it's Thank you been and a Mrs. friendship L now. And the little ales. No, they ain't little no more, man. When we're talking thirteen <laughs> and a half and almost twelve and a half, dude. I, I live in a sorority house, and I am literally the janitor dude, of this joint at this point, Steve. Dude, I'm only as good as dude, the last dollar in my pocket. You're five years from paying for college. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, and I'm paying for eight years within five. Eight years of college <laughs> within five years. Somebody, well, at least the oldest is smart, so we got that going for us. Hopefully that pans out to something. Um, but we're going to put those to bed, guys. Obviously, I will accompany you know the gifts and the plays that Steve was referencing. We'll put those up on social media so you can see where you're going here. But Steve's a great mind. Um, it enjoys the game, studies it hard. I'm a little bit more removed from this nowadays, and I, and I, I I can't blame them in some aspects here, and as far as you know how this all works out. But um, you know, we'll tag Steve in this. Um, you ever want to learn some things, Titans, or you know, just talk football in general? Steve is a fantastic resource. Um, this has been your daily delivery of all things dog mounds. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>